everybody, Randy here. Before we get into today's conversation, I want to thank our sponsor for this podcast episode, and that is Pinehurst Golf Resort, Pinehurst, North Carolina. I urge everybody as you're planning golf getaways this summer and fall, please, please, please check out Pinehurst. Uh, Go to their website, pinehurst.com. They have a number of fantastic golf packages, uh, including they have a very fun bed and breakfast golf package. They have a Donald Ross golf package, which stay two nights, play three courses. They have a summer tee golf package, which gives you a third night and a fourth round free. Just a lot of flexibility for whatever you're after. The golf there speaks for itself. Hopefully you've seen our Tourist Sauce Carolina episodes. And uh, No Laying Up, we'll be going to Pinehurst October 7th through 10th. We're going to be releasing sign-up details uh, for that shortly. But if you want to join us for our Donnybrook event, we will be going in October, and it's always a lot of fun. So thank you very much to Pinehurst, pinehurst.com for sponsoring this episode. And now on to my conversation with ESPN Seth Greenberg. This is a very special one today. No better guest for, for this time of year. It's Seth Greenberg, college basketball analyst for ESPN since 2012. Prior to that, he spent 34 years coaching, including 22 as a head coach. He was two-time ACC Coach of the Year at Virginia Tech, has taken two programs, Virginia Tech and Long Beach State, to the big dance. Coach, welcome. Thank you for joining. I know this is a crazy busy week for you, so I appreciate the time. Uh, how's the sleep schedule right now? Everything all right that oh, way? Rob, they keep on killing me with that seven o'clock sports center. It's not exactly <laughs> the best. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, we're making, we're getting through, we're getting through. Hey, you know what? You got to grind it out for the next three weeks. It's almost like kind of, you guys can relate to this. So it's kind of like, you know, you get to, you get to the weekend and you know, you got to grind it out. You know, you can't be, you can't be a marshmallow. You got to keep on grinding. And, uh, we got three works, weeks of really hard work. This is when we have to be at our very best, so we're fired up. Does this time of year still bring excitement to you, or you know, having having worked in the business and having coached for so long, do you get do you get numb to it, or is this still a special time? This is an even more special time, to be honest with you, with everything that's gone on in the world and with us missing last year's tournament. Uh, you know, it's like one of those things that it gets you, it allows, it allows you, you appreciate it more. Uh, you know, things that you've taken for granted, you no longer take for granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've gotten through a season. We've gotten through championship week. <clears throat> and now we're into the, you know, NCAA tournament. Uh, and I, I always try to put it in perspective. And I say this pretty much every interview I do. It's great we've had a season. It's great we're a championship. We got through championship week and now it's the NCAA tournament. But let's not lose sight of the lives that were lost along the way in the last year. And that I keep on urging people, and I hope the NCAA does this, as a moment of silence and reflection prior to every game, uh, or at least the opening games in the NCAA tournament. 
because we have a lot to reflect upon. We have mothers and fathers and grandparents and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters that we lost to this this virus. And uh, I think we have to put everything in perspective. It's great we're playing. It's great we've had a season. It's great we've had championship week. But let's also not forget the loved ones we've lost. And then, you know, once we reflect, then let's throw that thing up and play our asses off. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for pushing that message. Uh, somewhat on a, I don't want to trivialize COVID, but you know, it, it could be for lack of a better term, it, it could be somewhat of a bracket buster this year. Um, from a coaching perspective, you, you, I said you spent over three decades doing it. Talk about the challenges that, that these coaches have faced this year, uh, especially those programs that have had to start and stop and, and stop again and restart. I said it's sort of season, you have to have the three Ps. You've got to have tremendous patience, you've got to have multiple plans, and you have to have follow protocol. And, and that's what we've done, and we've gotten through it. And teams have gone on pauses, and it's difficult. Players have gotten the virus. Coaches have gotten the virus. Uh, games have been canceled. Games have been rescheduled. Games have been scheduled on a moment's notice. Uh, but in relation to the mom who's trying to work and homeschool her kids or the couple that's you know basically lost their jobs and their income to the virus and are trying to figure out when their stimulus checks are going to come so that they can feed their family and pay their rent, it's minimal. It's minimal. So uh, we've had roadblocks. We've had detours. We've had to adjust. Uh, and I understand that. And it's been extremely difficult for our players living in this quarantine environment. But the world's in a quarantine. So let's keep it in perspective. And I think the coaches have done a good job of that. Yeah. Uh, well, I'd love to ask you some uh, basketball-specific questions. I know people are going to be busy filling out their brackets this week. I, I know I am. Uh, do you? Let me start here. Do you fill out a bracket? Do you do you make official picks? Yeah, I do. We, we have to fill out our bracket in about three minutes when we do it uh, <laughs> at our, in our game day show, on our bracketology show. So actually uh, – I probably should run to the other room because that's where my bracket is so that we can go through it. So I, I, I will readjust it. I'm going to, I'm going to, now that I'm studying it, uh, I'll make a couple of uh, additions and subtractions, but uh, I pretty much stick with my, my first bracket, uh, my instinct. Well, I'm with you on that. I, I fill out just one bracket. You know, I can't stand the people who fill out 10 different brackets and, you know, they're watching a game and it's like, well, I have this team winning in, in these brackets, but I have that team winning in these brackets. I, I just believe in one bracket. I think everybody should fill out one bracket and stick with it. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, well, let me start here. I, I think the Big Ten, very strong conference, probably the strongest in college <laughs> basketball this year. Uh, four teams in the top eight seeds. How do you, how do, how do you, Look at those four teams, uh, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa. Uh, if you were to power rank those or, or think about which, which of those four you like going the furthest in the tournament, what, what's your opinion there? Yeah, I would say um, I have concerns about Michigan. I'd probably be there three or four, and the reason being is no Isaiah Livers. And when you have no Isaiah Livers, it doesn't just affect you in that position. It affects you in the guy that would come in for him who's now the starter. That would be Sean D. Brown. So all of a sudden you are – you lose Sean D. Brown as that explosive sixth man, and you lose Isaiah Livers as that starter. Uh, and you saw they were four for 27 from the field, those other perimeter guys, without 
Livers, he's a great cutter, great passer, good defender, ball mover, stretches the defense. So I have a little bit of concerns just in a, in a thumbnail. I got a little bit of concerns about Michigan. Iowa, explosive in transition, terrific offensively, very good passing team. Luca's Luca. Uh, I would say they're three because they don't defend as well. Mm-hmm. And I think my top two are Ohio State, uh, like the versatility of them offensively and defensively. I love the UJ Liddell. Uh, I like that they can attack different matchups from different positions. I think Dwayne Washington's been seeing a huge basket. Uh, C.J. Walker back is huge. Uh, so I, I like them second, and I like uh, Illinois first, the, the Big Ten Conference Tournament champions. And, you know, they've got Batman and Robin, and then they've got <laughs> Alfred the Butler across the board. And I remember that is obviously I would assume he's the best finisher in college basketball probably. And uh, – no better mass than Iowa <laughs> I mean, that's the best basket in history of college basketball. Shoot, the guy should be wearing a cape. And if he's Batman, I don't want to see Kofi Coburn in the Tice's Robin, but <laughs> Kofi Coburn's a pretty good Robin. And development of Andre Cabello has been really phenomenal. Uh, he's really added a dimension to their team. That was a hell of a, uh, a Big Ten tournament title game there between those two. Uh, the, the team I like, and I, you can tell me if I'm crazy, uh, I have Purdue going to the Final Four. I, I, love, I, I love their mix of, of guard and wing play with, with a couple of bigs. Uh, what, what do you make of this Purdue team? I'm a big Matt Painter fan. I love Travion Williams. I think he's uh, one of the best passing bigs I've seen. And if you saw him at the end of the game the other day, I think it was Ohio State. I mean, they were playing through him. Uh, the Ivy kid is, gives him a dynamic athlete. I think Hunter gives him a point guard. He's not Cassius Winston, but he, he controls the tempo. Stefanovich is a big-time shooter, and I'm a big Matt Painter fan. So, I mean, that's not a bad – if you're going to go outside the box, not a bad pick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the one other kind of Big Ten related, <clears throat> one one of my very favorite first-round games, um, I – I, I should say round of 64 games. I, I refuse to recognize the play-in as the true round round one. Um, that North Carolina-Wisconsin matchup. Do you? What, what, I'm curious your thoughts on on that matchup and uh, who who you like um, in that game. Yeah, it's interesting. Wisconsin has not played well. They, you know, their analytics are great, but they haven't found ways to win. I mean, that's just really what it comes down to. There's something to me not right about their team. You know, what's Potter and Reavers just haven't been consistent like you'd expect them to be. Uh, you know, Demetri Price has got to be aggressive right from the get-go in that game. Uh, I think that's really important. I love the Davis kid, the freshman. I, I think he's really going to be a special player. North Carolina, if you just don't turn it over and you get it on a rim, so odds are they're going to rebound it. So, I, you know, I don't think Wisconsin turns them over. I think they get it on a rim, and I think they beat them on the boards. There you go. Okay. Um, uh, all right. I have a big bias, Coach. I, I don't enjoy watching SEC basketball. I don't know what it is about it. Um, maybe having – I grew up in Ohio I, in in the heart of Big Ten country. I, I think that's that's where I like to watch. I love the ACC. Something about the, the SEC basketball. But having said that, uh, Alabama's a two-seed. Arkansas is a three-seed. Uh, what 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 should somebody like myself who who hasn't watched much SEC basketball? What, what should I know about those teams? Do do you like either of them? Well, LSU is the most talented team in the league. They got three dudes. If you go by the dude factor, the best <laughs> offense in the league. Uh, they got three guys that can play in the NBA: Smart, 
Trenton Watford, Cam Thomas were all NBA players. And Darius Day is an explosive scorer when he's aggressive, but they don't guard. And that's my concern. But they're sneaky, especially even against Michigan. Uh, love and must bus. I think he's done a great job. Uh, they play fast. They play free. They play really, really hard. Justin Smith gives them experience in their front court. Moses Moody is a bad dude. Uh, you, you talk about Alabama. Alabama is uh, they're pretty special. Uh, they really are. Uh, they're special, but I think that, and I'm not saying gimmicky, but you know, they they now that Herb Jones is back to playing the way he was playing earlier, like he was SEC Player of the Year for a reason. He just comes up with every big ball and a big play. The one guy I don't trust completely is Petty. He's been a little erratic. Shock, uh, I, I think Jaden Shockford has been been good. Uh, I think the guy that really has stepped up coming off the bench is Quinterly. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so I like their team. I like their team a lot. I think they're an interesting team and a, a team that if they compose their will on a game, we're def- difficult to play against. I, I, have you been surprised at all with, with what Nate Oates has been able to accomplish so quickly down there? Heritage's pretty good players. And then he's recruited to me. I mean, like you're, you inherit Petty and you, you inherit Jones. You inherit a really, really good foundation. And Reese and some others, and he's you know he's he's a very good coach, and he knows exactly how he wants to play, knows who they are and how they win. He, they have they have an identity that is a problem for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I I the the other uh, I, there are a couple more first round games that I like, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm I'm curious if 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 there are any more. But I, I wanted to ask you about the Loyola Chicago Georgia Tech matchup. That that's one. Um, if, if folks haven't seen Loyola Chicago play, uh, you maybe know them from their 2018 Final Four run, but I, I think this team's every bit as good. Um, you mentioned analytics before. The analytics love them. They have the best defense in college basketball. I think it's a tough matchup for them, though, with Georgia Tech. I, I'm curious what you think about that, uh, just in terms of Moses Wright and those tough, experienced guards. Uh, what, what do you make of that matchup? Yeah, it's a killer matchup, and you can't simulate what Georgia Tech does in your practice. That's the problem. You can't prepare for them in a short turnaround. Uh, you know, you've got to have to get a few. You can't simulate how hard they play and how active Jose Alvarado is. You know, they scored 19 points a game off turnovers. They disrupt you. They don't guard you. And they're backwards experienced. I think that's a very, very tough game, especially against a team like, well, not very many people's zone. That's not a normal zone. That's a disruptive zone. Do you think Loyola was was seeded properly? Do you think they deserved a, a, a bit of a higher seed? Well, you know, they have two wins. I mean, the problem is that, you know, look, their analytics are great. But, I mean, you know, look, who'd they beat? Right. You know, I mean, it, it was, know, it was pretty much problem. Yeah, it's pretty much just Horizon League play, the, the majority. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. excuse me, Missouri yeah. Valley now. Yeah, yeah, Missouri Valley now. Um from a coaching perspective, you said something really interesting there where, you know, Loyola, they, they can't simulate uh, the, the the aggressiveness and perhaps the, the size and speed of Georgia Tech's defense. Uh, from, from your coaching experience, how do you prepare for those games where, you know, you, you don't have the, the size of athletes or the caliber of athletes or maybe your scheme is totally different than what you're going to be preparing? Uh, what's that week like leading up to a game? Yeah, you take your scout team, do the best you can. Uh, but you, you, it's more concept driven. 
first of all, defensively, your, your scattering report is personnel and concept driven. Offensively, uh, what you're doing, you keep it as simple as possible. You try to can't reinvent yourself. You got to take what you're doing and then figure out a way to kind of adapt that to that particular defense or how they're guarding you. Uh, going through it in practice and in walkthrough, which is really most of what the guys are doing right now because they don't have a ton of practice time, uh, is really hard. It's really hard. But uh, you want to do one-on-one. You want to keep it simple. You want to have two or three concepts against the unique defense that you're going to do. Emphasize passing, catching, ball faking, stepping into passes, uh, being strong with the ball, uh, the things that you have to do against that defense that no matter really any defense, no matter what, it's it's literally eyes on the rim, ball fake, shot fake. Uh, you know, be strong with the ball. If you can dribble in the gap, drag two, back them out so you can stretch the defense out. It's really simple concepts and fundamental basketball that you're going to have to play. Yeah. Uh, well, it seems like if, if anybody's going to be able to do that, I, I'm just so impressed that that Illinois Chicago or uh, Loyola Chicago team is uh, Porter Moser just seems to have them very very well coached. Really good coach. Yeah. Um, the, my, the other matchup specifically I wanted to ask you about in the first round. I'm a big Mid American basketball fan. Grew up a Miami of Ohio fan, so I know a lot about o- Ohio University, and I think that's a real intriguing matchup they have with Virginia. I, I remember watching Virginia early in the year. Um, they got they got drubbed by Gonzaga. They almost lost at home to Kent State. And I thought, you know, ah, oh God, this just isn't a very good Virginia team. And lo and behold, you know, Tony Bennett wins another regular season ACC title. It's pretty amazing. But I I, I don't I, I think that's a tough matchup maybe for Virginia. I, I think Ohio uh, Ohio can spread them, and they got some shooters. What what do you make of that matchup? And and more broadly, talk about just the job that Tony Bennett's been able to do at Virginia. Well, it makes it hard is we don't even know who's going to play for Virginia. I mean, that's the biggest problem. They, they're not going to get there till Friday. They play Saturday. They got to get there Friday, clear protocol, get there, uh, basically go to their rooms. How do you, they haven't been practicing. Uh, they've been doing all their meetings on Zoom. So you're preparing for a game without a walkthrough, doing meetings on Zoom, eating your meals individually, haven't been in the gym to shoot, traveling to a game. <laughs> And then uh, quarantining for another 24 hours and then going to play a game against a guy like Jason Preston who's really, really hard to guard. He's incredible in ball screens. Remember, this is a Ohio U team that took Illinois to the very end. Preston had 31 in that game. I think he was like 11 for 14 from the field. They had seven assists. I mean, the guy averaged 16 points a game. They have five guys average double figures. Uh, they're a very good offensive team. Not so good defensively. But a really good offensive team and a hard team to play against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that Preston has all the makings. I, I actually heard your colleague Jay Billis saying, you know, he's the type of guy who's got all the makings of uh, the the round one, round two darling. If if, if Ohio yeah. can pull off a couple upsets here. Um, all right, well, any any other round one games that that stand out to you? I, I talked about a few that I like, but I I don't mean to put you on the spot, but but any that you yeah, have circled? I, I think Rutgers has a legitimate shot against Clemson. Rutgers uh, scores it actually easier than Clemson. I love the size of their guards. I love the way they rebound. I love the way they protect the rim. Uh, I'm a big Ron Hopper fan. I'm a big uh, Jacob Young fan. Uh, I think that Miles Johnson's a really good rim protector. I think that's an interesting game. I think Syracuse has got a shot at San Diego State. Buddy Bayheim over the last eight games, averaging 22, making four threes and shooting like 46% from the three. Gary A and, and is really good. Alan Griffin is really good. I think that's a game that, you know, you might want to keep an eye on. Uh, 
And even like even UConn uh, going, if they win against Alabama, UConn, James Booknight, he's a tough matchup. He's really a good offensive player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be curious. Um, I, I think one one thing that we, we missed out on a lot was that inter, intra-conference, um, just way less inter, inter-conference games this year. So um, some of those 7-10 games, Big Ten, ACC, uh, Big Ten, Big East, th- those will be really interesting. I'm, I'm pretty bullish on the Big Ten, though, myself. Yeah, the league is really good. The Big 12 is really good, too, though. Yeah. Well, let me ask you about your bracket then specifically. Uh, do you mind? Maybe we maybe we trim it down to your elite eight and go from there. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. And don't sleep on the Big Twelve. They got seven teams that can make the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. What? Uh, every, team, every team from the Big Twelve can make a run to the Sweet Sixteen. I'm curious how much you like the Baylor team. I, that that's a team. Love, love them. I don't have any reservations about the Baylor team. Okay. All right. Everyone goes, oh my God, coming out of pause. Yeah, they weren't as good. <laughs> no one's as good coming out of pause. Right. But you're also right. going to lose games because you're playing in the Big 12 and you're playing good teams. And, and it's it's a hard league to win games in. So uh, I'm, I'm in on, 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 on Baylor. So my Elite Eight, I end up with West Virginia and Illinois in the Midwest. Okay. Uh, I really like West Virginia's team. I, I like that the Hugs had the creativity to go to that spread. Uh, I think that uh, they've got to continue to guard purposely, take care of the ball. Deuce McBride is really, really a tough matchup. McNeil's a big-time shooter. Feel for the kid because he got the shot off in the conference championship game but didn't get off in time. Illinois, obviously, we talked about them. Ohio State is really, really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot, they're not great defensively. They're very good. But offensively, the versatility of their offense is so good. I mean, and – you know, I'm a big Justice Suing fan of what he brings to the table. Zed Key's giving him a little front court depth right now uh, with a little bit more size. Liddell is just a tough, tough, tough matchup. Uh, and Baylor, best backcourt college basketball. Plain and simple. Jonathan Chamo Chachua has been, uh, I, I think he's terrific. Great feet. He's got just great feet. Moves his feet defensively. Uh, you know, Flagler comes off the bench. Meyer comes off the bench. Those guys are just a bucket. Uh, so I've got those two. And then, you know, in the East, I've got FSU in Texas. That's a little bit of a outside the box. Okay. FSU, you can switch one through five. Cooper Vise is a legitimate seven-footer. Raekwon Gray reminds me of Draymond Green. Uh, they're shooting almost 40% from three. Uh, turn it over a little bit too much. That's a concern. Against Texas – who veteran guards, Jericho Sims, and I love that coach started Kai Jones the other day instead of Brown. Uh, Kai Jones guards, rebounds, can make some shots, really, really good defender, more versatility in their defense. And then I have Zags, and uh, I have Kansas, but I might have to change that just to the fact that I don't know who the hell is going to be playing for Kansas. Kansas might not get through. If McCormick and Wilson can't play, or even one of them plays, uh, that's an issue against SC. Mm-hmm. A real issue. Well, I don't know if this is good news for you, but I have uh, five of those eight myself. I I, uh, I have Gonzaga and Kansas. I have Illinois and uh, West Virginia. I have Ohio State. I, I have them against <laughs> Purdue, though. I, I said I like that Purdue team. And then I I didn't I, I to me that East bracket is the hardest. Um, I I le- I have Michigan champions bracket, man. It's the champions bracket. <laughs> the Big Twelve, the SEC, the Atlantic 10 and the Big East, that's a chance. Plus, you throw in Florida State to run up in the ACC and yeah. LSU to run up in the SEC. 
Do you think Michigan State has a chance? I mean, I know they have to get by UCLA in the playing game. I think that, I think they win at least the playing game and one more at least. Yeah, yeah. All right, then let's then let's narrow it down from there. We have your elite eight. Uh, who who do you like making the final four then? Right now, I got right now because I'm not putting my official bracket yet uh, <laughs> until Thursday morning. I've got uh, Texas and the Zags, uh, Baylor and Illinois. And I'm I'm vacillating. I'm vacillating. I got the Zags and, and right now, originally I had the Zags and Baylor. Illinois is growing on me. They're just growing on me. They're just they make plays. They have toughness. They have a good spirit about them. Uh, they're a really good team. Yeah, we were uh, we were robbed of that. That Gonzaga Baylor was supposed to play and got canceled uh, because of COVID earlier this year. Um, right. I, I have I have Gonzaga over Illinois, so if that doesn't scare you off, I, I know it doesn't scare me <laughs> off. Uh, but I mean, it's going to be I, I'm going to really lock into it probably tomorrow and okay. try to really kind of come up with some closure. But it's uh, yeah, I mean, like the tournament's going to be great. There are going to be so many good games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are going to be so many good matchups. There's so many good stories. Uh, there's so much adversity that everyone's been through. There's so much closure. You know, just closure for, you know, maybe this is the next step because we've it's been a year. This is the next step towards making a step towards a normal existence. Uh, I hope people are taking this, getting their shots if they can get it. They're remaining and being smart during, during spring break and just making good decisions so that we can move on and uh, and let the medicine help us and and have a, a celebrate this championship and then really celebrate. The idea that we're we're getting closer to being who we are. Yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, Mark Few and Gonzaga. Somehow, I believe he, he is underrated uh, just in his excellence and what he's been able to do at Gonzaga. Uh, he this he's coached twenty two years there, has won over eighty three percent of his games, ninety percent of his conference games, um, has never missed the NCAA tournament. In fact, has never won fewer than twenty three games in a regular season over the last five years the Gonzaga team's 159 and 13 overall where do you rank Mark Few and the job he's doing in Gonzaga amongst you know I among so the fame. coach K how, and how can you be how can you be underrated when you're a Hall of Fame coach <laughs> well I think probably because he hasn't won a title yet maybe and because yeah, well, he's out in, it's hard to win a title of, of course of I mean, course people don't understand oh he doesn't want a title he's won everything else I mean what he's built what he's built what he's built at Gonzaga is mind-boggling. How they play, the consistency they play, the spirit they have, the, uh, everything about that program is reeks from just you know class and doing things the right way and the respect he has from his peers, not taking shortcuts, uh, the pressure of having to win every game in league, and if you lose one, you know it's almost blasphemous. Uh, I mean, I mean, coaches appreciate him. Tremendous coach, tremendous program, great evaluator of talent, great chemistry builder. Uh, he's terrific. Who, who, uh, along those lines, who are your favorite coaches right now in in college basketball? I you don't know. like to single guys out. I mean, Tom is one of my closest friends. John Calipari is one of my closest friends. Uh, I mean, I, I really respect and love Leonard Hamilton to death. Absolutely to death. Uh, I think Danny Hurley's done a great job. I think Mike Boynton's done a great job with his team. Hugs. Talk about consistency. Chris Beard, talk about enthusiasm. Scott Drew, I mean, think about what he's done from where it started. Chris Holtman just, he's understated. 
because that guy just puts guys in position to play to their strengths. There's so many really good coaches out there uh, that are doing things the right way. I mean, what the consistency, what Fran McCaffrey's done, who's underappreciated. Tony Bennett and uh, never, you know, I was the first one to say, wait a second, they're not guarding the way they used to be. You know, Key Clark, the ball's in his hands at the end of the shot clock. They're not as tough, and then they win another ACC championship. I mean, so I have so much respect. I haven't done it as a head coach for 22 years. I have so much respect for the journeys these guys take the, their, themselves on and their teams on. Yeah. Uh, on the business side of it, you know, we're, we're reminded that it's a, it's a harsh profession when, uh, you know, a guy like Archie Miller, news breaks yesterday that, that he's let go at Indiana. Did, did that surprise you at all? Uh, unless they know who they're hiring uh, and they, they, they have a guy lined up, yeah, it surprises me for sure. But if they know who they're hiring, if they can get Brad Stevens, and not such a surprise. Richard Pitino gets fired at Minnesota, gets this, I guess he's rumored he's going to get the New Mexico job. Hmm. Uh, you know, Steve Prome, who's a terrific coach, uh, gets let go at Iowa State. I mean, he's a terrific coach and a great person. Uh, uh, you know, it's a hard business. Great yep. profession, hard business. Yeah. Throughout the year, uh, in, in your job as an analyst, how much, how much live basketball do you watch? How many games do you watch a week? And uh, do, you, you know, do you watch a lot on tape then as well? Yeah, I watch Synergy all day, uh, which is our streaming system of all the, that I get for all the games that breaks down the games. Uh, so I watch, which I, it's the same uh, program I used when I was coaching. Uh, and then, you know, I, I save full games on uh, my DVR. Okay. And then I watch them all, you know, every day, all night, basically. Do you, do you miss coaching? Yeah, of course. Of yeah. course you miss. You miss the relationships. You miss changing someone's life. You miss helping someone get somewhere they can't get themselves. Uh, you miss, you know, like I said, the relationships. But I've been so, so fortunate. And I'm so lucky that ESAPN gave me this opportunity uh, to share my passion and my love for the game and uh, kind of built a bridge for me for a new career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, any, I, I guess my last question, any, anything that surprised you on Selection Sunday? I, I maybe should have asked this up front before we dove into the bracket, but were there any teams that were left out or any um, seating, specific seatings of teams that, that really shocked you? Not really. And, and, you know, once you get to this point, uh, no, I think, you know, this year, unique year, unbalanced schedules, no MTEs or not very many MTEs. You didn't get a chance for teams to earn their way into the non-conference. Seeding, I don't think BYU is a six, but it's not a big deal. Oklahoma State, probably not a four. Not a big deal. Georgia Tech, probably not a nine. Uh, not a big deal. Uh, but, you know, I think they did a really good job. I don't understand Oklahoma State beats West Virginia twice, and one's a four, one's a three. Probably, I mean, they should, probably should have flipped with West Virginia, but, mm -hmm. I mean, they beat them twice. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, maybe did a good job. Any, really uh, any last last question, any Cinderella's? So I, I consider, I don't know, maybe Ohio as a 13 seed probably qualifies as a Cinderella, but any, any 14, 15, or 16 seeds that you think have, have a chance? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, some people say Ab Abilene Christian plays really hard, really good defensively, make it hard for you to run your offense, uh, have some have legitimate size. Abilene Christian's a, 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 if you want to take a flyer, but I don't think we can be Texas. Yeah. 
Well, Coach, I uh, like I said up front, I, this is a crazy, hectic time of year for you, so I, I really appreciate the time and your your insight and your knowledge. Um, thank you very much. We'll look out for your official bracket Thursday morning. And, and Join and, my group. Join yeah. my group. The winner of my group gets a free pair of on sneakers. Was well, that open to the public? Why don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Give the, yeah. If you don't mind, give the people. Where can they find that? On the tournament challenge. Set, set, uh, I think it's on the Seth Greenberg's group. My daughter set it up. The winner gets a pair of on sneakers okay perfect i assume that's espn.com the bracket challenge there yep all right challenge exactly all right perfect well uh have a a good run on the treadmill and thank you again i appreciate it thank you for having me and again i'm sorry this things are crazy i gotta go back and do another sports center i just got text yeah he might be withdrawn so okay perfect thanks coach